Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 381 recorded live on Saturday, October 11th, 2013. And here are your hosts, the man who was able to answer last week's random topic question, Dave Pillay. Hey, hey. And the man who was so looking forward to answering that one. Like, oh, Andy Lowe, hi. You 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 missed the topic that you wanted. Is that what this is? Yes. As soon as okay, you told Andy. Me, as soon as you told me what the random topic was, <laughs> I, when I was in my car and I heard that, I'm like, "Oh, son of a bitch!" Okay, Andy. All if right. you had 24 hours to plan for the zombie apocalypse, yes. what would you do? I give would you a chance to to actually have this. Okay, thank you. Because I was going to start talking about it anyway, no matter what you said. <laughs> Topics! Let's... No, okay. So, what would you do? Okay. Well, first off, I mean, you... you Do you understand the issue we had with the topic? Yes. Right? You have yes. 24 hours to plan, but that's not 24 hours to work on your plan. No, this... Th- you're correct. If I had a chance of rewording the random topics, which I normally do not do, I... Well, right. I don't. You yell at me when I try to reword them. Yes. I was doing it in the spirit of Andy, because you were not here. Of not rewording it. So, yes, the the better question would have been, if you have 24 hours to prepare for the zombie apocalypse, what would you do? That would be a better wording, correct? Yeah. Okay. So if I had 24 hours to prepare for the zombie apocalypse, what would I do? First, uh, well, get Kate, wherever she's at, um, grab some short-term equipment. I would go to a Harbor Freight, grab a couple of hand tools, bottled water, jerky, a lot of, like, just 24-hour preparedness, short-term meals. And then I would drive up to the Home Depot that is outside of Ludington. Ludington's population density in Michigan is one of the lowest. It's not the lowest because the UP just throws everything off the map. But in the lower peninsula, it is a pretty low-density county in Michigan. Okay. But it's also next to US-131, so there's an easy chance of getting on the highway right away. Um, it's near a large freshwater source and there's lots of lakes and rivers in Michigan. So there's lots of options for freshwater, um, lots of farmland up there as well. And, uh, it is also across the street from a Myers. So there's a Myers gas station, a Home Depot, pretty much somewhat in the middle of nowhere. So I would go up in there, break in, uh, I would get some sort of welding equipment and then literally barricade myself welded shut inside the uh, Home Depot store. Okay. And I would use the materials in the Home Depot store, the, the, the gardening and the lumber and whatever else, to basically start preparing for long-term food production, so gardening and the such. Um, pretty sure most of the... the I mean, that's, that's a, so far this is actually a really well thought out and brilliant plan, but uh, pretty sure the gardening section of Home Depot doesn't have stuff for food production. Oh, there's plenty of veggies in there. Okay. <clears throat> Okay. Like if I if I needed okay, to. Okay. No. Yeah. No. I I guess I could see it. Okay. I'm good with it. Keep going. Um. If I, I needed to handle. So far. What? I do have one flaw. One one unaccounted for flaw. You're looking for long term food production. Yes. Uh. You you might. I mean, you might be getting to this, but where are you getting your long term energy production? I was gonna say uh using the lumber as a fuel source. That's heat. Yes. Okay. What about things like keeping your grow lamps on so that your plants actually grow? I would, um... Because this happens, say, you know, March 20th, you're fine. This happens October 20th, you're dead. That's why the the mire next door is almost like a backup plan. <laughs> Do you construct a tunnel to go from? Well, no, no, you wouldn't Home construct. Depot. You wouldn't construct a tunnel, but the um, if if it happens in the middle of winter, then yes, I would spend more time preparing basically to survive the X amount of time during winter. So whatever until March or April, then yes, I'd be fine with that. But if if it was in the springtime or summertime, yes, there was plenty of time I could do stuff. But yeah, Meyer, Meyer is the backup plan for preserved foods the amount of canned goods that are in a mire is ridiculous mm-hmm. so yes that that is a flaw it depends on what time of the year and how quickly mire is uh looted ransacked yeah yeah this is this is also ignoring the population of luddington true you know you just barricaded yourself in a home depot i don't think the city of luddington would take very kindly to that no that is true 
the the Ludington police force would probably have a few uh, choice choice words. words. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Otherwise. <laughs> Otherwise, yes. As soon that's as that's a really re- good plan. Yeah. Like, thank this you. Is really well thought out. I, I actually really appreciate that. Well done, Andy. As soon, it's one of those things where it's like so, as soon as I saw the random topic, I'm like, what would I do? And then I was literally uh, one so time. So keep in mind, it, you you have the 24 hours to plan this. So yes. Or to, to prepare, right? So yes. your your preparation is go get Kate and then drive up to Ludington. Yes. That is your answer. All this other stuff is what you do once you're there. Well, if, if basically if I'm on the clock before all hell breaks loose, I want to fortify that Home Depot as much as possible. Okay, so this is potentially before anyone else even knows there's a zombie outbreak. Yes. Then yes, I think the, the Ludington police would probably the have Home a f- Depot workers... Uh, sir, sir, you can't, sir, you can't just take the welding equipment. Sir, you cannot weld our doors. <laughs> sir, <laughs> you cannot weld the doors shut. <laughs> that's, the, that's the one thing is you got to figure out if there's anybody actually in the Home Depot in the middle of the night. Because <laughs> if there, if there's not, then well, you actually why, have, a, why, you have a little you, bit of time. I guess if you have like all 24 hours potential, I mean, you have an overnight to do it. Yes. And just in case you're wondering, I have timed it out. It's about two hours, two and a half hours up to the uh, Home Depot in Ludington from California. I, I was going to say, like, you timed out how long it takes you to weld a door shut? <laughs> no, no. It, it times me. I timed out basically how long it would take me to drive up there. So, yes, I would be sacrificing two and a half hours of my 24-hour time span. Yeah, but really that's all you need It's just to get up there. Yes. I wanted to get to a place with a lower population density. Yeah. And I mean, even then, like, so is this 24 hours before it just like activates and everyone's all of a sudden a zombie or like there's an outbreak in New York? Well, if there's an outbreak in New York, then we have a little bit of time. Right. Because it's got to move. It has to travel. You know, it'll be on the planes Mm -hmm. and it'll be too late. That's why it's the apocalypse. That's why yep. it's a, if it were just like a zombie outbreak, well, then maybe they catch it before the planes take off. They ground all the planes and it's contained. I do believe like most of northern Michigan, though, would be a good place to survive a zombie apocalypse. You have to survive the winter and yes. you have to survive the winter without power, without infrastructure, without running water. Well, that's why Michigan's so great. It's what, six miles no matter where you're at? To yeah, some, some source, like source, some, some source of, source fresh, of water. fresh water. Yeah, something like that. But what if the zombie virus lives in fresh water? Well, then you're hosed, <laughs> right? Because there's only so much fresh water you can <laughs> get access to, and if it's all slowly getting infected by the zombie virus, well, then then you're We're, hosed. Yeah, that is like the one thing that you need. Yeah. a constant supply of the the power issue keeps coming back, and that one's a hard one because. You know, if if society collapses, there's no one to maintain the power plants. True. And most of Michigan's power is coal and nuclear and natural gas, right? Um, yes, they're starting to switch over more towards all those wind farms up north, but still, they need, you know, those people. Wind farms would, would collapse within a year. Yeah. Because they need to be oiled. Yes, they need to be maintained. Yep. Uh, someone said the Hoover Dam would continue to run and generate power for like 30 years without any human intervention, that it, it'll just keep running. Well, it seems there are a couple of solar panel installers up in Ludington. I wonder if they would have any sort of... Andy, what? Michigan, solar power. What yeah. is the issue here? We're pretty far north. And what season are we going into? Winter. How long Not does a lot it of last? Daytime. No, yeah, true. But still, you need just some power. Okay, so you get a couple solar cells, and then you raid Meyer of all of their car batteries. <laughs> and just keep charging them? Yeah. It, it's not going to be as good. Heck, you could probably find a marina and get some of the actual heavy-duty deep-cycle batteries that they use in boats. That's the stuff that you actually want to use for creating a uh, yeah. an actual electronic battery. Yeah, battery backup. Cool. Is it wrong that I had this all planned out? so specifically well for a zombie outbreak yes but keep in mind this would work for a lot of other outbreaks yes and invasion well invasion like from another country holding up in a home depot they're gonna burn down the home depot yeah but it's one of those things like when you go through a home depot you're like man i think i have basically it's literally a place where you have everything you need to build a house so 
Why not, you know, use so it as you, a base of operation? Could you build a house inside the Home Depot? Yeah. Like, just take some of the forklifts and try and knock over the the aisles or move the aisles so that there's space and then just build a house inside? No, yeah, I could see that. I mean, like, a full with exterior house yeah. and a little garden out front. No, yeah, that would, a house within a house, that would be, that could work. That's awesome. <laughs> Even if you have no idea what you're doing, they probably have like a nice DIY book section in the Home Depot. <laughs> For how to. How, how to build a house. Okay, here we go. Sea guides 1 through 30. Shit. So yes, okay. So now that is off my chest, I feel much better now. Okay. Thank you for um, appeasing me. You're welcome. So, uh, yeah, last week I wasn't here. I was at my uh, brother's wedding. Yeah. I was a groomsman. So, um, congratulations to your brother. Thank you. Well, thank well, Yeah, congratulations to him. Yeah, Why yeah, am I okay. saying thank you? I didn't, I didn't do I, much. I just stood there. You're, you're passing it on. I said to him. Oh, yes. I will, and, I will pass on your good fortunes. Okay. Yeah, so I was, I was a little busy that weekend. Yeah. Okay. So. That is why I was not, you know, around for the podcast. That's that's just fine. Brendan and I did, uh, we we did a good job and Mm -hmm. had no problem. So that's fine. I had a little problem with the audio editing and I completely forgot to switch over to the October. Oh, it's the spooky stuff. Yeah, I forgot to do that. Oh, you'll get it this time. Yeah, no, I'll get it this time. It was like (laughs) one of those things like, oh man, I can't really like take the podcast down and then fix it and put uh, it to be too much work. Hey, I'll just do it normally. But now this one, yeah, should have the spooky ending. Okay. Woo! So, should we actually talk about topics? Um, sure. Okay. Let me refresh the page so that I've got my topics. Oh, wow, hey, look at that, topics. Uh, last week, when Brendan and I were on the show, we mentioned, hey, Tesla has announcements. Yep. That was, that was actually one of our topics, Tesla had announcements. What did Tesla announce, Andy? They announced the D. The D. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, 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 I've been seeing it for two weeks, and it's the first time someone has said it like that, and now it's really funny. And now every time I see it, I'm not going to be able to stop myself from thinking about that. Thank you, Andy, for ruining Tesla for me. Oh, come on. <laughs> when he literally... In his tweet said, I'm about time to unveil the unveil the, un- unveil D. the D and something else. It's one of those things where it's like, really? It's like... Really? Really, Elon Musk? Really? Wow. He followed that up with a tweet saying, comments had me literally raffle. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> it's like you set yourself... He set himself up perfectly, though, because everybody's going to talk about that. It's like... Hey, you hear? You oh, it's, hear it's, yeah, the best publicity ever. Yeah, it's free publicity. Okay, so Andy, mm-hmm. tell me about the Tesla Model D. Well, it's not actually the Model D. Okay, what is it? It's the what is it? The P eighty five D is the new top of the line. It can go from zero to sixty in three point two seconds. That is very fast acceleration because it is all wheel drive. Okay, which aren't, means wait, aren't all Teslas all wheel drive? Because no. each, each wheel has its own motor. Nope. Okay, there is one motor that runs two of the wheels in the normal Tesla. Ah, okay. Now there are dual motors. There's going to be a front motor and a rear motor, and then the okay. motors can handle the the wheel speed independently. So it, through a um, differential, and so yeah, they are now going to have all wheel drive Tesla Model S's out there. So it's otherwise a Model S. Yes, it's just with two engines. Two engines and can go like a bat out of hell. Okay, that doesn't sound like it's as big or important as as he had it intended it to be. Why do I care? I, I don't know. Um, Not typically having to go from zero to 60 in three seconds. Yeah, that's what I was, everybody's like, oh, maybe the D needs like driverless or something like that. It's like, no, it's just dual. So dual, it, it, yeah. for, for dual engine. Yes. Um, the something else though was actually kind of interesting. 20 miles per hour per second. Is that what it is? What's our zero to 60 in 3.2 seconds puts you in like supercar territory for acceleration. Hang on, hang on. Cause it is 
if you're going zero to sixty in three seconds, assuming it's linear, which it's not, but we'll we'll just assume it, right? It's twenty miles per hour per second, which comes out to be eight point nine meters per second squared. So almost the acceleration due to gravity. Okay, just so, just to give you an, an idea, the top thirty five fastest cars. There's a there's a Dodge Viper that can go zero to sixty in two point two seconds. The Bugatti Veyron can do zero to sixty in two point five seconds. Ferrari FXX Enzo two point eight seconds. McLaren. It's interesting because because I'm looking at Wolfram. It says that the the thing that I put in, which comes out to eight point nine meters per second squared is 1.2 times the acceleration from 0 to 100 kilometers of the Ferrari Enzo, mm. which is 7.6 meters per second squared. Hmm. Well, the thing, though, is you have to remember all these numbers are probably massaged, and people are doing these in ideal situations. Okay. <laughs> the, the 0 to 60 time of a 1979 Volkswagen Rabbit diesel, 21.2 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> which having driven my uh 240d which is also a diesel that zero to 60 time yeah is that slow 20 seconds to get to that's got to be hard to get on the highway yes when i was driving my mercedes-benz diesel there were certain on ramps that i would not take because i would not have enough acceleration to get up to even <laughs> to 55 miles an hour before i would have to merge in with the traffic well, this car, uh, you will not have that difficulty. Nope. No, you will not. <laughs> um, the other, the other, though, the other thing that he was talking about, though, um, I love yeah. how the the, gyre, the the P85D has three drive settings: normal, sport, and insane. Okay, so normal won't give you the the uh, zero to sixty in three seconds. No, the insane though probably will. <laughs> Um, how quickly would that drain the battery? Tesla is supposed to get 400 miles on a charge. How many would it get on insane? I, I don't know. That's an excellent question. That was something that was not discussed. What? There were like actual reporters at this, right? Yes, but he was not asked questions. It was just like a press demonstration. Okay, and it happened two days ago. Yes. Yesterday was Friday, which means they were at work and writing their articles about it. And none of them reached out? Let's see if anything comes up there. Da-da. No, there's been nothing for... All the range that listed are at 65 miles per hour. Uh, P85D, 275 <laughs> mile per hour range at 65 miles... Or 200, 275 mile range at 65 miles per hour. Second motor means more power consumption. Musk said efficiencies designed in a new drivetrain actually yields an increase in range rather than a decrease. But it's an increase of 10 miles. Yep. So, okay. So, but what happens then if they take that same new drivetrain and retrofit it to the Model S? Well, then it's well, it technically is the new Model S. It's just three different versions of it now. The insane, not insane, really insane. Well, n- well, there's a 60D, which is a 60 kilowatt hour battery. The 85D, which is the 85 kilowatt battery, and then there's the P85D, which is the bad out of hell one. Okay. <laughs> Top speed of 155 miles per hour, side note. Is that really the top speed or just the governor? Uh, my guess is the governor because the 85D also only has a top speed of 155. Yeah. But I, like I said, I'm trying to get to the something else was actually more interesting to me. Okay, go ahead. It's the autopilot mode. Yes. So the- when Musk was out saying the other day that like, oh yeah, uh, the, the driverless cars are like two versions away. Well, some of it's now. Yeah. The car can park itself and even be summoned, but you're only allowed to do this while on private property. You're not allowed to do this on public roads. Yeah. <laughs> but it is possible to do that. So the car will respect... St- See, here's the thing. Okay, can read uh, speed signs, can change lane, um, has adaptive cruise control. Yes. Can park itself. Yes. When you say park itself, it's like line up with a spot and then press a button because I think it's Mercedes that's been able to do that for years. You can get that on Fords now, too, where the, the you can, it will parallel park itself. Right. So, like, that's not new and innovative. The reading signs thing is kind of cool. And, like, that's that's 
approaching DARPA challenge area. But yes. like again, we have the DARPA challenge for a reason, and no one so far has been able to to pass the DARPA driving challenge with flying colors. My guess, though, is when they mean about parking itself, like if you and you were able to recall it from wherever you were at, my guess is you would pull up into your house, get out at your front door, and then just tell the car to park itself in your garage. My guess is it knows where the garage is. And then uh, when you're getting but, ready in the morning. I mean, that, that feels like it's a pretty limited feature, Andy, because yeah. how many people have a front door far enough away from their garage? <laughs> this is like Musk designed this feature for himself. Oh, I don't doubt it. He, he definitely has a pretty West Coast view, especially since the fact that this announcement happened, was it on the 9th? So that was Thursday, right? Yeah. Thursday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. So 10.30. 10.30 was the supposed, like, start time on the East Coast. And it's one of those things where, like, really? You're, you're doing this for yourself because you wanted to do something on the West Coast. Yeah. A lot of these, a lot of these things feel like it's very West Coast-centric with the Teslas. The all-wheel drive might be interesting, though, to see how well that handles the snow. Didn't we we conclude, though, all-wheel drive really doesn't help in snow? Snow tires help more than all-wheel drive does in the snow. Yeah. I mean, all-wheel drive is better than nothing. Yes. But you get a much more significant increase from just having snow tires. Yes. That has been proved multiple times by multiple people. Okay. Because I don't get the the big deal of like, oh, it's all-wheel drive. I'm like, okay, are you going in mud? Because that's where all-wheel drive really really comes out. It's like if you're stuck in mud. Yes, mud or ice. Mm-hmm. Things where if a tire starts to slip, if you if it just spins, that, that, does, that doesn't you no good because all your power is going to go to the wheel that has no traction. Yep. Okay. So speaking also about Tesla. Yeah, there's they more. They are starting up their own... Certified pre-owned program. You can buy a used Tesla? Not yet, but they are working on it. You you will be able to buy a used Tesla? Yes, a certified pre-owned used Tesla from Tesla. Okay. What Tesla? Because there's a lot of Tesla cars out there that are currently just being leased by people. Mm-hmm. So Tesla says when the lease is up that they are guaranteeing to buy the car back between 43 and 50% of the original purchase price. Okay. My guess means is, hey, okay, they're going to buy it back at 40 to 50% and then sell it as a used vehicle for at what? 80%. 75 to 80%, yeah. After, you know, they double check the battery and all that jazz. Maybe even replace it. Probably, yeah, probably replace the battery too. Especially since they have, what, the eight-year warranty now on the batteries? Yep. I wonder if there's ever a case where Tesla goes back to someone and is like, you are not worthy of having this car and, and takes it back and does not give them a new one. Well, they probably could. They are Tesla. They can probably do whatever they want. They have so much money. God, $120,000, though, for the top-of-the-line model, though. That one, they, they really need to get the model. What's, what's it called? The model <laughs> the $35,000 one. You, you know what? I don't know what they are going to call it. They should call it the Model T. <laughs> Dude. That yeah. actually wouldn't be that bad. Let, no. Let that sink in. Let yeah. that sink in. They should call it, they should talk to Ford, they should pay for the damn rights, and they should call it the Model T. The electric car cheap enough for the masses? Cheap enough for the masses, it's the Tesla, and it brings back this image of American ingenuity and, and production. They should call it the Model T. Talk to Ford, get the rights, get it done. No, I, yeah, I could. Now see that. that that said, thirty five thousand dollars is still not really cheap enough for the masses. No, it's true. a cheap car. That is yeah. like for for an electric vehicle, it's cheap. But it's not like Chevy Aveo cheap. What are they it, at? It's now? not like I don't know. But like thirty five thousand is is a near top of the line Prius. The Volt is around there too, isn't it? Uh, I think the Volt's around 40. To Google we go. 34,000. Oh, so we, I, we're right, yeah, this Whoa, is right around 35. Hey, hey, how's that? No, you, you nailed that one right on the head. How's that? I haven't been looking at those things for two years. 
I love how I can search for Seve volt cost and it will give me the exact, Google will tell me exactly what the MSRP is. I search for Seve Aveo cost, nothing. Because no one's searching for the second one. No, no one is. Or you misspelled it, one or the other. Uh, let's see. Nissan Versa is 12780 Okay. Let's see if there's one cheaper than that. Whatever happened to that really cheap $300 car from India? Oh, the Tata Nano? I don't think that's legal yeah. to drive in the United States. <laughs> Let's see, Tata Nano. Best mileage small car in India. It was originally lost with a price tag of $1,600. Yeah. Still being produced. Nice. Just not in the U.S. No. Has the best AC. Okay, so you can buy a Nissan Versa, brand spanking new, for $12,800. So what they need to do is take this Model T and literally have to cut the price in half, which is not going to be possible. No, no. They'd lose so much money. Yeah. But then, (laughs) $12,000, that... (laughs) Well... I wonder if 400, 400 miles is good. Yeah. 400 miles, you can, you can travel with that because you can do supercharger to supercharger. Yes. 200 miles or, or even 100 miles. Do you typically drive 100 miles in a day? Do I typically? No. Did I do that yesterday and the day before? Yes. For what? Work. Okay, but that's for work. Yes. Do you typically drive 100 miles? A day? No. What portion of the population would typically drive more than 100 miles a day unless you're commuting to a big city? Not a lot, actually, I'm guessing. So if they cut the battery by a quarter, and the battery is is like the expensive piece of this, right? I do believe so, yeah. So if you cut the battery by a quarter, if you make a much smaller battery, you could cut the price down. The question is, would people do that if... They had an option between electric and gas. If they were selling a $12,000 electric, electric car, car with a 100-mile range... Yes, okay, you're right. Would you not buy that? No, because then I you mean, would that's, be... That's almost too... Like, you'd need a second car for a long trip. Yes. But your day-to-day car would be the electric car. No, yeah, I could see that. Now, I'm pretty sure I'm wrong somewhere in there. Oh, I... Because otherwise they'd have done that. Yes, there, there's there's something in the math that's not adding up. But if yeah. it's possible, I think a, a $12,000 car that can go 100 miles would cover a lot of the population. Yep. We'd have to really uh, change around the uh, uh, power grid a bit, though, because everybody would drive that to work and then plug them in and then drive them home and then plug them in again. And so we, our power usage would shift a bit. So fun, fun uh, interesting fact. Yeah, where I work. Yes, we've talked about whether or not um, we should have charging stations. Okay, we have no charging stations, and I actually agree with that point with that that stance of like no charging stations. Why is that? If you give free electricity to electric cars, you should give free gas to the gas cars. You should give free gas to the gas cars. Now that <laughs> that makes sense. So I don't know that we'd actually have to change it. If there was like a huge wave and a huge revolution, why would employers put in charging stations? Unless those charging stations, well, unless they were used some sort of like solar, solar or wind energy that was not costing the company any money. Maybe. Or, you know, you get charged for charging. Also true. I could see that, especially if you actually do, you know, if, if my company wants to link that into payroll deduct. It's like, yeah, you drive. We'll, we'll give you a discount compared to what you would normally be paying for electricity. But, but, but and they we'll, should also still provide gas or a discount at a local gas place. Well, uh, now, now we're starting to get along the lines of, okay, well, if they're going to give a discount for gas, it, it'd be along the lines of comparing uh, shopping places that charge you for using in their plastic bags rather than giving you basically a not charging you or giving you a discount for bringing your own bags. Mm. Do, does that seem similar then? Something You're helping doesn't. out the environment by bringing your own bags rather than using the plastic bags. If you use the plastic bags, well, then you got to pay. Well, but they aren't charging you for the plastic bag. Well, the ones in, in San Francisco are because they're goddamn hippies. Yes. I'm being handed a note. Uh-oh. It says uh, because the, the company is focused on being green, so very similar to what you're saying. Yeah. The company will take a hit just because they can put the green foot forward. Right. But 
it, it's not about the company in that case so much as the fairness to the employees, or in your case, the fairness to the the customers. They could keep it along the same lines as just people getting uh, bonuses for uh, gym memberships and stuff like that. They want a healthy, which which we environmentally- also don't provide. Hmm. There are discounts, but those are not provided by the company. Those are actually provided by the local gyms. Okay. It is not that it's subsidized by the company. It's that the gyms want to encourage members of the company to come to that gym. Oh, that would... You're, okay. I thought it was something that the company would discount. Some companies do discount. Some companies do. Well, some companies also have their own gyms. Yes. You know, we. I, I work at a place with... 8,000 people. A lot of companies that have 8,000 people in one place also provide gyms and massage parlors and other services. Heck, isn't there some Google campuses that actually like have a mechanic on staff to do automotive repairs while you're at work? Yep. Um, I know that some places like uh, uh, General Mills in Minneapolis have a concierge service. Uh, they have shopping services, like there's a grocery store on their campus. You can, in fact, send a list and someone will go to the grocery store for you and have it all ready for you when you're ready to go home. That's crazy. That would be nice, though, because I actually do need to get an oil change on my car. But the problem yep. is I'm freaking driving it 100 miles two days in a row, so I kind of can't you know, drop it off to get the oil change when I'm using right. it. You you do uh, since you're driving so much for work. Don't forget to clock that. No, yeah the the company. I've got an expense report that I keep track of for my mileage. The company reimburses me for that. Okay, at the IRS rate. I uh, I don't remember. It changes due to some weird calculation that they've got. Okay, I think because they they should do it at the IRS rate. Well, <laughs> I've got all of my ex- copies of all of my expense reports in there, so I can verify the, those numbers okay. if need be. Because if they're not doing it at the IRS rate, if they're doing it at less than, then you can still write some of it off on your taxes. Well, I'll keep that in mind okay. in the next six months. Well, you get to start your taxes in like three months. True. Right? Because they, they they're supposed send to have you the stuff in February. February. Yeah. Yep. It is possible if you've been keeping your own records to do it January first. Yeah, but all the healthcare stuff. So I just wait for that stuff to finish. Yeah. Oh no, it's, it's gonna be. I I was a little upset. I actually got some of my tax documentation this year in July. No, yeah, they they. I remember some of that stuff. Yeah, it's like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? Right, like this is a little late. <laughs> I'm I I turned my taxes in like months ago. Thankfully, it was for an account that had almost nothing in it, so not worried about it. I don't think the IRS is going to be like, wait a minute. Uh, more topics. Yes. Because we, we should probably move. Um, this is one that, that I think Brendan mentioned last week, the Kickstarter games. Yeah, the, the funding being down. Yeah. you wanna? Did, was there something else you wanted to say about this? Well, I didn't see, I hadn't finished listening to last week's episode. Because... Oh, okay. Yeah, we mentioned this last week. Oh, uh, that that the funding is down, and my my counter to that because I hate it when companies try and use statistics was yes, the funding is down, right? There aren't many big projects right now. Yeah, because everyone who wanted a big project did their big project, and they're still working on it. Now that is that is not entirely accurate, right? Like. Just because X number of people wanted to do a big project doesn't mean another group doesn't want to do it this year. But there just haven't been these like huge ambitious projects because the ones who wanted to try Kickstarter did Kickstarter. That happened last year, and a lot of these projects are two, three, or four-year projects. It's, it's just like you can't have a stellar year every single year right if, if you compare year to year stuff is going to be up and down it just and that's why a certain domino's pizza in the middle of montana closed yes because they were comparing it year to year <laughs> or probably month to month probably so but I mean, all right if, so, yeah, if you I... look at the the projects that came out before and the projects that are coming out now like yeah, there there hasn't been a big project on Kickstarter. No, the the one though, that I want to point out though 
is the the black glove that's going on right now. The black glove? Yes. Is there a link to this somewhere? Yes, it's in the list of topics called the oh, black, black glove. Oh, black glove. Okay. What um, it what is what what? <laughs> black it's glove. It's basically X-Bio done Shock. by a it's done by a bunch of people who worked on BioShock and BioShock uh, I think Infinite. Okay. A lot of X irrational games. But not staffers. BioWare. No. Well, the art style certainly looks familiar. Yeah, that's what that's what's really getting me is it looks like Bioshock. And I loved the way that Bioshock looked. Just the look and feel of Bioshock, that that was good. Okay. So, I just wanted to point that out there that yes, this one if you like the look of Bioshock, then it's uh So, what is this? Uh first person where you can do weird things with your gloved hand. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's odd. Sure. Why? Okay. Yeah, that's a thing. How are how are my other projects doing? While Dave's checking on that one, I'll point out the fact that uh, NASA. Remember when they announced their contracts with um, Boeing and SpaceX? Yeah. Um, those contracts are now currently on hold. Okay. Because a, another company, Sierra Nevada, who uh, failed to get any of the contracts, filed a protest of the decision after losing out on the bid. What? Yeah. We didn't get this, so now neither can you? Yeah, they're protesting it now, so nobody gets the money. It's like, well, you didn't pick me for the game, so I'm going to take the ball and uh, we can we can discuss it, this. It, it's not even taking the ball because it's not their ball to take. <laughs> you didn't throw the ball to me, so I called the cops. <laughs> That's what happened. And they said they, that they should be ashamed of themselves. They this is their in their press release they have quoting saying that they believe the results uh believes the result of further evaluation of the proposals submitted will be that America ends up with a more capable vehicle at a much lower cost and with a robust and sustainable future. You know, sometimes you get what you pay for and lower cost is not always the right way to do it. No. Sometimes lower cost is great. Sometimes I buy the Meyer brand version of floss and it breaks every time I try and floss with it. <sighs> um, there's also another hold going on. The FCC has put a hold on the Comcast Time Warner merger. Yay! For three weeks. What? Um, they are putting a delay on the re- review findings. Uh, they they are basically seeking independent verification on the claims filed by uh, Comcast. Trying to basically verify their numbers. So we'll see how well that uh, works. Hmm. So we are currently about approximately halfway through the review process, the time that FCC has to, you know, make a decision. And the FCC put a hold on this one because they're like, hold on, we want to check your numbers. Which it's Comcast, so. It's good to check it. Yeah. They're probably accurate to within some interpretations of accuracy. So, yeah, so now the... uh, Three weeks hold, and then we'll continue on, and then it's another three months after that before we'll finally get an announcement on this. So three what months think, and three weeks. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, unfortunately, I think they're going to have to let them merge because under the current rules, they are not competing against each other because of the stupid way that the telecom, the cable industries have basically set themselves up. They did their own little walled gardens, and they, they you can't argue against them competing against each other because they're not. They set themselves up that way, and so it's it, – we know we all know it's a bad idea, but we, it's one of the things where do, do we have a rule that they've broken if they merge? And there, there really isn't one. Like, there's oh. other, well, I mean there's other rules that they've broken to get to this point though. Yes, but the, they they didn't really break those rules. They broke the laws, so they weren't breaking those rules. No, but I mean the law that they broke so that they're not breaking those rules is a rule that they broke. What? They broke the rule about, like, collusion in, in uh, business, right? These agreements of, we aren't going to compete with you there, and you won't compete with us here. That's illegal. Oh, true, yes. That's a cartel. Now, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know for 100% of a fact that that's illegal. But I'm pretty sure that's, like, that is monopolistic. <laughs> well, not by definition monopolist, but you get the idea. I still think, though, that these are going to go through and it's going to suck. But Okay. 
There's not much we can do about it. We're not a multi-million dollar corporation. Nope. All right. Uh, gaming school. What do you got? There's a guy, uh, the guy who actually owns the international rights to uh, Rubik's Cubes. Okay. Wants to set up a school which would open in 2016 based in a uh, little town west of London. Okay. That would use basically gaming elements as the learning process. What do you mean? He would argue that students would learn how to problem solve rather than learning how to pass an exam. So, Puzzles 101? Basically, yes. It's, it's, so, it's, it's not a school on how to play games. It's no. not a school on how to build games. No. Right? This is not DigiPen. No. This is, we're going to use games and, and cultivate and select specific games... So that uh, people will learn skills like problem solving. Yes. So kind of like instead of just doing math worksheets, you'd be playing number crunchers. I'm guessing is what he's trying to go for. Or it'd be the edutainment aspect of the games. Do you know in Harry Potter, there's this, this kind of ongoing thing of like, do wizards know math? What? Do wizards know math? Do wizards know math? They should know math, right? How? Think about the classes. You read all the books. Yes. You saw all the movies. Yes. Did they ever take a math class? They were 10 years old when they went to that school. Did you ever see them take math or science or engineering? The closest I can think to of math would be potions. Potions. Which is not math. No, but you're still dividing and no, measuring. You're, you're cutting things in half and measuring. But there's no, like, it never actually says that you can scale a potion. Like, I, can you make a double batch? I don't know. <laughs> some things you can, some things scale well, some other things don't. We know this from cooking. There's sometimes right. things can scale, right. sometimes you can't. So my, my point is, this feels like the same thing. Oh, we're going to teach them through games. Well, are they really going to learn? That is an excellent question. It's like those times where you build a trebuchet in some science class. Did you learn why it works? Or did you just follow the instructions on a kit? I never actually built one. Neither did I. Usually they build catapults, not trebuchets. Catapults, trebuchets, some sort of launching application. Oh, catapults are significantly um, simpler to construct. Yes. They don't launch it nearly as far. No. The point of a catapult was not to launch something. It was to slam something. A catapult was basically a glorified battering ram. Just something that could have a little bit of a distance. Not so even distant. Like, you, you'd put the catapult... Right, the idea was to break a wall. Yeah, you'd put it basically on the other side of the mo- moat and just... Sh- Throw it as fast as possible. Into the wall. Not yeah. over. Into not the over, wall. Into, yeah. Trebuchets. But trebuchets went over. The goal yeah. of the catapult was to bust open the wall. Trebuchets was to go over the wall. Yay, siege engines. You know, the Mongols didn't have siege technology until they started encountering the castles the further west they went. Hmm. And then they, they finally got to the castles and like, well, shit. These cities and castles have walls around them. I guess we need to invent siege weapons. And they, like, they just started copying everyone else, and they built siege towers. Yay, Mongols. Oh, the Mongol horde. I still have not finished that scenario in Civ Five. Oh, God, it's a hard scenario. Yeah, it's a hard scenario. Jeez. But, wow, Mongol horsemen are, are beastly. Yes. Oh, I get five moves and I can attack at any point during that and then continue to move? Yes. All right. Um, so some guys, the Ian whatever his name is? Yes. Livingston. Yes. Okay. Back to the FCC and Obama. Yes. Obama wrote a letter to the FCC saying that he wants them to... Outlaw internet fast lanes. Yes. Yay. My employee, Tom Wheeler, knows my position. Now that he's there, I can't just call him up and tell him exactly what to do. But what I've been clear about, what the White House has been clear about, is that we expect whatever final rules to emerge to make sure that we're not creating two or three or four tiers of internet. Yay. He's kind of laying it on thick there, it sounds like. Yep. I am. I, I, 
does like, remind I, I, me he's the one who appointed Tom Wheeler. Yeah. That was probably not your, your brightest move, Mr. President. Well, probably didn't have any better options, which is a little sad. I mean, most of the time now, it's like, what's the least worst option I can grab? Could have picked a kid up off the street. It would have been a better option than Tom Wheeler. Tom Wheeler had the connections with the cable industry already. Yes, that's the problem. You are saying that like it's a solution. <laughs> no, it's just pointing out the nepotism that happens in D.C. Yep. All right. Um, what else we got? What else we need? How, how are we doing? Um, probably just one or two more. Amazon's opening up a store in New York City. Woo! Wait, what? <laughs> Amazon is going to open a physical store what in New York City. What will be in said... Amazon has caused the death of physical stores. Why are they building a physical store? It's basically going to accept returns at the location and use it as a mini warehouse. And you could also pick up your online orders at the store. So it's not really a store. Well, okay, so you could go there and look at the new Amazon Kindle products and other Amazon-specific products. Amazon products could be so icy. Then it could be a pickup and drop-off point for returns and purchases. And then it's also a physical space to store things there. So if people want same-day orders in New York City... They could do it through this. They could do it through the store. Okay. So the storefront is, is really a front. Yes. In the, in the sense of a fake thing. Well, yes. Hey, we got Amazon products we can sell here. It's just, you know... And then they've got like 5,000 square foot of warehouse space warehouse, right behind right. it. Right. Okay. That makes a bit more sense. I was I was a little concerned for a minute. Now it's a is, it's a warehouse with a storefront. The hell is Amazon doing with a storefront? Selling shit. No, they're not. No. <laughs> they're I, I put quotations around there, but I forgot you're over the internet. You can't see this. Yeah. Don't give me that bullshit. They're not selling garbage. <laughs> they're accepting returns and they're using it as a, a warehouse. <laughs> Uh, Smash Brothers 3DS came out and sold a lot. I haven't bought it yet. I'm thinking about it. I do have a 3DS and I do like me some Smash Brothers. Uh, what also came out because of that and kind of like in time with that was a Smash Brothers fan album. It is seven hours of music. Holy crap. It is over a gigabyte of music in MP3 format. A so gig of MP3s? Compress- it's a hundred songs. It is 101 songs. It is a total playtime of seven hours and 25 minutes. It is 1.3 gigabytes. And it is incredible music. Well, I don't doubt it. That's the, the music. Nintendo does good music in their games. Yep. And this is all fan music from the games, from the characters in Smash Brothers. Hmm. And it's free. Oh. I know what Andy's doing after we finish. Downloading a six gigabyte lossless RAR are file. You, are you, you're going to get the lossless one? Yeah, my entire music catalog is in lossless format. And MP3? Because most players on, on mobile devices don't do lossless. Oh, but iTunes. You can tell it, hey, I'd like to, when I import things into my iPod. Yeah. To, let me tell you, I think it's uh, 128 MP3s. So it's lossless on your computer, but when it sends it to the iPod, it compresses it. Yes. That's cool. That's There's a reason why I'm still sticking around with iTunes. It's, I know. It's a redheaded stepchild, but yeah. I hate it when, whenever I get a new computer, because it means I have, I have to install a newer version of iTunes. Yep. I'm rocking iTunes 10 on my desktop right now. And it's part of my ritual of like turning on the computer is that that one thing pops up saying, hey, this is a new version of iTunes. And I say, no. But no, yeah, th- there's an option with my Nano where I can tell it to convert higher bitrate songs to 128. OK, so you're going to go download a six gigabyte audio file. Yeah, I think I'm only going to download that one in the middle of the night because I feel like that's going to be it's going to take a while. I don't need it right now. You realize you could start listening to this at your next marathon, and it will not be done by the time you finish. I know. I could. It's almost. 
I could do a, almost two marathons and be finished with just a little bit of time left. That's just nuts. That's a lot of music. Yeah, it is. And it's really good. I've been listening it, uh, listening to it at work for like the last two days straight. I feel kind of bad because I work at a radio station, but sometimes I don't want to listen to the radio. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I guess it's like working at a newspaper and just reading, you know, Gawker Media, or sitting on Reddit all day. Oh, that'd be funny. Um, HP is now two companies. What? I would have laughed really hard if it had been H and P as the two <laughs> companies. That would have been hilarious. Uh, it is Hewlett Packard, what okay. HP was, so that, that company is still there, uh, and HP Incorporated, HP Inc. So that's probably all of their consumer and then all of their corporate hardware. Yep. Which one's which? Uh, Inc. is their corporate hardware? <clears throat> what? Really? HP Inc. is the like the, the consumer level, the printers, the... It is not I-N-K. It would have been great if it was HP Inc. Uh, but it's it's the 3D printing and the new computer experiences, et cetera, et cetera. HP itself is still dealing with corporate tech. Okay. Their corporate stuff there, I've been saying, has been okay. Their personal computer stuff there, as I am looking at my non-HP laptop. Is why they spun off into a different company. Oh, that damn HP laptop. Yep. So there you go. Uh, okay. Yeah, the other stuff is there. You can you can read about it if you want. Right. So should we go to the random review? Yeah, because this is going to take a little bit of time. All right. What are you reviewing, Dave? I am reviewing two websites. Okay. Uh, one is fixeasy.com. All right. Fixeasy.com. Okay. What's the other? Uh, I have to find it again. I close that one. <laughs> I told you what it was before. You've got it somewhere. Can you, can you what, what is it? Remind me. GoCellPhoneRepair.com. There we go. Thank you. I had to close so, it. So, Dave, why are you reviewing a cell phone repair website? Two cell phone websites? repair websites. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> so, last Friday, I was out with some coworkers at the bar, and the topic of the Toledo War came up. And so I, I have a team of 12 people, and on that team of 12, three of them are from Michigan. So that's actually like a pretty representative group. And so we, we are very enthusiastic about Michigan and the coolness of Michigan and how awesome Michigan is. Evidently, it's one of the best places to go for a zombie apocalypse because there's a city with very low density that has a Home Depot and a Meyer. And we were talking about Michigan and like how Michigan has more coastline than any other state in the continental U.S. Uh, Alaska does beat us by by almost a factor of two. Well, yeah, because that's Alaska. But Alaska is also half the size of the continental U.S. Yeah. Um, you know, Michigan's got a ton of coastline. And we were talking about the Upper Peninsula and the Toledo War. And I got a little enthusiastic with my phone. Uh, and I'd had a couple hard ciders. And my phone slipped. And fell and hit the ground face, face down, face oh. down. Not not like just I and it it bounced off of like my foot, so it was pretty okay. You know, it didn't fall very far, but it fell enough that it got a I guess that would be a latitudinal crack. It goes across the screen horizontally, and it's just it. There are two cracks in the screen. That is it. It is perfectly fine. You could like you can barely tell that it's there, and so I didn't think about it. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then later in the night, I tried to use it to make a phone call and realized it wasn't accepting the touch. Ooh. The LED screen is fine. Perfectly fine. The touch screen, though, is not. The sensor is not. The sensor is cracked. So, uh, this was, you know, brand new, off contract. This is a $600 phone. Yeah. And it was because of an accident with a cracked screen. So that's not really covered under warranty. So I decided I would take a small risk. And instead of going and just buying a new phone, I would buy a new screen. Thus, easy, what is it, fixeasy.com. Yes. And I went on. And fixeasy.com had a, a very nice website where it's like, yeah, here, you know, this is... Uh, you know, here's your model phone. So you, you put in the phone and that's like, okay. So here's the screen. Here's, uh, some suggested tools, which was very nice. And 
you know, our, our, what they say, it was something like our expert staff has produced guides and documentation on how to do this. It's really not that hard. You know, it's, it's kind of time consuming, but here it is. And so I went and I bought the, the screen for $120, which is a fifth of the cost of a new phone. Yes. And even then when you go and, and do the screen, it's like, oh, and here's some recommended tools. You know, you probably want this kind of screwdriver and you want this plastic opening tool and, oh, we'll give you some adhesive as well. All right, you're good. And so I ordered it and it showed up. It was well protected in its shipping container. So I wasn't worried about it being too damaged when it got here. <laughs> and then I went on to uh, YouTube and I because, well, no. So then I went back to their site because they, they shipped it to me and there was no documentation. It was just like, all right, here's the screen and the tools. Like, cool. What do I do? And I remembered them saying that they had these great guides on their site. And so I went to the website. There's no guide for my phone. Ooh. I'm like, ah, uh, guys? Guys, hello. So I'm like, okay, well, I've got the screen. I've got the tools. I've got my phone. To YouTube I go. And I started searching for videos of, like, how to replace your screen on YouTube. And I found a really good one, which is where the second website comes in. The GoCellPhoneRepair.com. Uh, they had a really, really nice YouTube video that showed you step by step. It walked you through. It had uh, all this nice stuff. And I looked on their website, and the screen would have been $20 cheaper if I had ordered it from there. So I know where I'm going next time. Uh, and, and so I watched like the video three times in a row. It's a 20 minute video. I watched it three times just without doing anything, just watched the video. I'm like, okay, now that, okay, then that, okay, then that. And then I started opening the phone and unscrewing the pieces. And I, I watched the video a fourth time as I was going through the steps. I'd pause it and be like, okay, now I do this. Got that. Okay. Play the video. Wait, what did he do? Do that again. Okay. Now I do this. And it was a terrifying experience, but I now have a working phone again. Well, congratulations. So way, way, way cheaper than just replacing the phone. Uh, on a side note, I'm staring at the screen replacement for my phone. Yeah. It involves a heat gun. Oh, I, I just used a hairdryer. Yeah. We don't have a hairdryer here. You don't. Andy, go to Meyer and pay like $20 for a cheap ass hairdryer. Yeah, I know. But it's one of those things that's like, well, we wouldn't use it for anything else other than. Then repairing your heat. phone. Yeah. Then I, th- at that point, I would just go and get a heat gun from like Radio Shack or Harbor Freight or something. Or from one of these websites because they have one. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have a hairdryer here that I just pulled out of the bathroom. But yeah. I mean, you. I'm kind of surprised, Andy. That I don't have a heat gun? Well, that you don't have a hairdryer or heat gun, because there's actually a lot of projects where you need a little bit of heat. Yeah, I've never had to use anything like that with any of my stuff. I've got the soldering iron, I've got the, the clips, I've got the magnifying glass. Uh, okay. Do you know what the heat gun is used for in this case? Probably melting the adhesive? Yeah, it's, it's just loosening the adhesive. There's actually <laughs> another tool. What? Yeah, Laura just texted me. Ha ha, the tables have turned. That I have something that you don't? Oh, no, uh, she's saying that you guys didn't have a hairdryer until you got Lazarus. Oh, that is that is true. Ha <laughs> ha. We did not Talking have a Talking about dryer. me not having a hairdryer. No, dryer. that is not true. We had a hairdryer as soon as we moved into this house because they, they had left one plugged into the wall. There was a wall-mounted hairdryer. <laughs> So you just stumbled upon a hairdryer. We decided to keep it. Well, but you also do way more do-it-yourself stuff than I do. True. We did buy a second hairdryer for Lazarus because we needed to wash him after shampooing him, and and so we had that, and it wasn't convenient to use the other one. Gotcha. Okay. But, yes, we we actually have two hairdryers now. Whereas you know, if, I was, ago, if I was going to do anything, not, I would rather get a heat gun it, rather than get a hair The dryer. actual heat gun, yeah. The yeah. hairdryers are pretty forceful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it wasn't too bad looking back on it. Like it was terrifying while I was doing it. I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Okay. I'm surprised you didn't go with iFixit. Normally I thought they were like the big guys to well, handle got, all this stuff. They've got like some of the guides and they're the ones who do like the teardowns, but let's see how much it would have cost for that part. I feel like iFixit is more for like, you want to open a business doing this. Let's see. Android parts. You have the LG. G3. Oh, this only has the Samsung stuff. Never mind. You wouldn't be able well, to get it. Well, there you go. There. Nope. There you it go. Samsung. 
How much are they charging for the Galaxy S3? Galaxy S3, 16 parts. $200 for the assembly. Yes. That is more than I paid for my LG G3 assembly. Okay. And in fact, let me look. Uh, Samsung Galaxy S3. The assembly is 120 on fixeasy.com. Okay, then. So, yeah. Do you want to know the, the first thing I did, by the way, after I finished repairing my phone? What'd you do? Bought a case. Yeah, there's a reason why I'm in a, an otter box now on mine. The yeah. Mophie case was great, except it was flush with the, the front screen. Yeah. And the case added a bit more heft. And so if you drop it, more potential energy to get yep. transferred Delivered into kinetic to energy. Yep. But yeah, this otter box has got a little bit of a, a lip around the outside of the front part of the screen. So my guess, if I dropped it, it would be a, it's not, you know, like my dad's, the Defender, his is like built into a freaking brick. But the, the commuter one still has got a decent case on it. No, this is, this is definitely good in case I want to uh, try and fix anything right now. What I actually, what I'm, you know what I'm actually looking for is huh. my, uh, I found out my iPod here. Yeah. My Nano that I've had since um, Kate got me it while yeah. we were still dating. Um, the battery's starting to fail on it. So I can't, uh, if I want to run with my iPod on the marathon, I can't do it because it can't last for four hours. Oh, no. I found that out driving from uh, Holland and back there. It's just runs out of battery. I'm like, well, great. It's not helpful at all. So I'm actually could. looking at getting a new iPod, but I want one with a yep. track wheel, which means I have to look for an old iPod. Yep. So yeah, I was looking at some of these things here to try and see how easy it would be to replace the battery on the iPod Nano. Turns out it's not. No. Oh, God. Nano is tiny. Yeah. Good luck. All of the websites are like, are you sure you want to do this? All the videos I watched started with the same warning of like, you are about to void any semblance of a warranty that you might have. This is for instructional and educational purposes. Yeah. But congratulations on joining the do-it-yourself culture a bit more. Yay. I repaired my phone. Very nice. I applaud you on that one. I honestly applaud you on that one. Thank you. So, uh, random topic. Yeah. All right. Um, we, we had a random topic, but we vetoed it. I'll talk to Hans because of his topic. But uh, the new random topic, how much do you charge for being a hostage negotiator? I would be a horrible hostage negotiator. So not much. No. <laughs> I would be like, are, are you sure you want me to do this? Uh, I'll, I'll give it my best shot, but... <laughs> Someone might die because of this. <laughs> Just letting you know beforehand. I, I need you to sign this waiver uh, absolving <laughs> me of all responsibility <laughs> yeah yeah just sign it here okay so would would you charge then is that no i don't think i would charge i would i would feel bad enough that maybe if something happened then maybe i'd be like hey do you, do you think you could help me out here i i, I did you a favor so is the question is is this a specific you like how much would you andy low charge or how much would i charge versus how much would you ideally charge how much would you charge for being a hostage negotiator so we're not paying anybody else. We are becoming hostage negotiators, and we need to set a rate for our hostage negotiation. I, most hostage negotiators don't work on a like per contract basis. Yeah, normally it's uh, a percentage of something, if I remember correctly. Isn't it normally like the FBI? Well, what I'm thinking is along like, the lines are, of... No, 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 no. Are there independent... Hostage negotiators. Yes. I was okay. trying to explain that. Um, down in, like, South America and such, if you are a wealthy American businessman, most of the time some of the drug cartels or other people, if you are in dangerous foreign locations, would, you know, kidnap you and then ransom you off for money. And so there are independent hostage negotiators that companies would hire in order to spearhead your safe return. Okay. So they they do exist. I I have so, seen multiple so document based right. on on like forty seconds of googling while Andy was just describing that. Uh, I would charge the the going market rate based on other members of the International Association of Hostage Negotiators. They do exist. There's a wait. There's a store. The store is under construction. There's an e-commerce store for the International Association of Hostage Negotiators, 
at, are you ready for this? Yep. HostageNegotiation.com. <laughs> oh, crap. We are. Somebody got crap. We need to find a hostage negotiator. Google hostage negotiator. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Training opportunities. Andy, you want to go to Vegas and get trained on how to be a hostage negotiator? No, I think I'm good. You sure? It's only like a four-day course. Four-day course? Jeez. Prepayment is not required to attend. Part of the Public Agency Training Council. This has to be a scam. I don't know. There is the Rocky Mountain Hostage Negotiators. Their conference was held uh, back in September. Wow. So, since it's a market rate, evidently... I would charge the going market rate based on my skills and my my success rate and the difficulty of the negotiation. I'm trying to see. I'm reading. Laura, Laura is pointing out that they they probably get pretty good rates given that they are negotiators for a living. True. So you're negotiating for the rate to negotiate. <laughs> oh, that's an excellent point there. Yep. Oh, I can help you out, but, you know, I got to get paid this amount. Oh, you're not going to pay me that amount? All right, well, I'll talk to you guys later. See ya. <laughs> it's the interview process to be a negotiator, right? <laughs> How much are you going to pay? Well, here, here's, I'll, let me lay down the facts, and let me, I, I can even demonstrate techniques, because, uh, you know, this is what I need to get paid, and otherwise I'm just not doing it. Yeah. All right, are we good? So, would I, what would I charge you? I wouldn't. It, it would be bad. People Andy would wouldn't charge. I'd go get trained, and then I'd charge the market rate. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good without getting trained. I'm just not gonna hostage. That's have fun with that. Really? If you got kidnapped, would would I try and negotiate for you? Maybe, but I feel like or uh, more likely you'd go and hire a hostage negotiator. Probably. Okay. Well, with that taken care of, I will never. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll try not to get in those situations. Okay, well, that's good. All right. All right. Cool. I think that's it. Yep, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.